This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Okay, so now I am back with a more pleasant topic or one that is important for your health. I'm here with one of our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, Nayan Patel, an Ontario pharmacist. And spring and summer can be tough times of year for people with asthma and COPD. There's pollen. There are high temperatures. At least we're hoping for high temperatures and humidity and poor air quality, all of which may be triggers for some people with those conditions. And making things worse, when it comes to asthma, certainly, a lot of people just don't use their medications properly. And your pharmacist can help. So, Nan, please tell us, uh, first of all, what we have to know about the right way to use those meds. So that's really important. And uh, I think all pharmacists, when you do come into the pharmacy and are, uh, have a prescription for an inhaler, we do want to make sure you're using it properly. So first thing we do when you, we bring the uh, inhaler to the counter is we want to explain to you how to use it. And then if you've used it before, sometimes I ask my patients, uh, can you just show me how you use it and maybe do a little bit of coaching? Because sometimes, and it does take some practice to coordinate pressing the inhaler with breathing in. So it's really important and ask your pharmacist to, to demonstrate and demonstrate in front of your, your pharmacist so that you do get it right. I'm, I used an inhaler for a very long time and a very long time into it, I realized I wasn't using it right. So if you, um, other ways, let's say you can't go get into your pharmacy and you want to make sure you're using it properly. Um, YouTube is actually very good. And uh, I've, I've actually asked people, uh, because sometimes they call me on the phone and I can't really demonstrate over the phone. So I say, you know what, go and look on YouTube. You'll, most of the videos that you'll find on YouTube on how to use inhalers are pretty good. Okay. Let's give out the numbers in case people have questions here. The numbers are 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with Ontario pharmacist Nan Patel, who is a trusted contributor of ours here on Fight Back, and we're talking about asthma and COPD. The issue with asthma, there some of these inhalers are what are called rescue inhalers if you suddenly can't breathe. And some of them are, uh, I don't know what you call them, but, but it's medication that you have to be taking all the time. Right. So that's how I explain it to most of our patients. So uh, rescue medications and preventer. So sometimes you have to use both. Sometimes you're just given one. So it's important to know when to use which one and, and knowing which one is your rescue or rescue puffer and which one is your preventer puffer um, and making sure that you are using them as directed by your doctor or by your pharmacist. If the preventer medications are really important and although they don't give you the immediate feedback and immediate relief, they do keep your airways open longer. They do reduce wheezing and, and shortness of breath. So those are really important that you use them properly. 
And, um, and you know, if, the, if you don't use them properly, then the medication is not getting into the right spot into your lungs. It's usually those small airways that really need the medication. So if you blow out too quickly or you're not pressing at the right time, it's not going to get down into your lungs. Now, are most of those preventer inhalers steroids? Some are. Uh, there are some. Uh, some are, are what we call anticholinergics. And, and so the medications are slightly different for asthma and COD, COPD, but uh, most of them are the same. So, so if you do have to use a steroid, I think when sometimes when you hear that word, people are like, well, I don't want to use that. That sounds, sounds bad. But really, when you look at it, it's a corticosteroid. So it's not a steroid like an anabolic steroid that you know, bodybuilders would use. And also, they're in a puffer form. So what happens is those, that steroid gets into your lungs, really has very little systemic absorption. And so it's great because it only acts where we need it to act and it doesn't affect the rest of your body. Uh, is there a situation for a lot of people where... You use the preventer inhaler, you use the rescue inhaler, you're feeling fine. So you stop using the preventer inhaler and you think, I don't need this anymore. Happens all the time. And uh, interestingly enough, um, you know, because the preventer uh, inhaler doesn't give you that immediate feedback, so people think that it's not doing anything. So we quite frequently find that people come into the pharmacy, they reorder their rescue medication. Usually they call it their blue puffer. And uh, when we ask them, oh, do you need the other uh, puffer as well? They're like, no, I don't need it. I have lots of that. So that's a great opportunity for me to ask them, well, how are you using it? Are you using the preventer or not? And if they're not, then I explain to them the importance of using it. And a couple of factors that come into play. Sometimes those preventer medications can be a little bit more expensive. But I explain to them that, you know, it's going to help you at work. It's going to help you at school, uh, when you exercise, um, you know, better sleep at night. So it's important to use that preventer medication as directed. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the, the exercise factor. How, how big a factor is exercise-induced asthma? And can you kind of get rid of it as you get fitter? So it, you might not get rid of it, but you can definitely do a lot of things to avoid what we call the triggers. And you mentioned a lot of those at the beginning of the show. Um, so sometimes we'll tell people, use your rescue medication before you exercise. And that gives you um, a little bit better control while you do exercise. So what we find for the most part, that asthma should not prevent a person from exercising. There's enough treatment uh, available to um, help that person um, you know, lead a fairly normal life. Okay, so take your inhaler before you exercise. And, uh, but again, how common is it uh, among people who have asthma? How many would have the exercise version? Well, there's, very, there's varying degrees of, of asthma. So some people would only have asthma when, when there is a trigger. Uh, and there's varying degrees. So some people may only use a puffer when, before they exercise, and that's the only time they really need it. There are other people who, you know, hot, humid day, they need it. If it's really cold outside, they might need it. So it it varies quite a bit. And one of the things that really helps the doctors and pharmacists um, prescribe properly and and tell you when to use it properly is if you kept a log, if you you wrote down when you had trouble breathing, then the pharmacist could say to you, okay, well, this is where you need it. You need you need a preventer medication, you just don't need a rescue medication, or some people just need a rescue medication because it doesn't happen very frequently that they have a shortness of breath symptom. 
Okay. The numbers again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with our trusted contributor, uh, Nan Patel, Ontario pharmacist. We're talking about how to use your asthma and your COPD medications. That's uh, congestive, obstructive pulmonary disease. (laughs) Did I get it right? Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Chronic obstructive. And how common is that, especially in the older population? So we do see um, COPD mainly diagnosed in individuals after 40 years of age. And we find that also 80 to 90 percent of the people who experience COPD are current smokers or past smokers. So if you do smoke, quitting smoking is the single most important thing you can do to improve your own health. And um, and so um, it's it's common in those smokers. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, it's not reversible, but um, but we do have medication that can make things a lot easier for you. Mm-hmm. What are the medications? So again, we mentioned uh, there's uh, inhaled steroids. So that's usually reserved for people who have severe COPD. Uh, it's used in asthma quite a bit. But in COPD, there's, um, there's anticholinergics and there's things we call beta agonists. So those help keep the airways open. And um, some are, come in a long-acting form and some come in a short-acting form. Okay, and, and presumably some people need to take both. Some people need to take both, and which we've tried to make it really convenient for a lot of people by combining two medications in one puffer. So that uh, makes it a little bit easier to take. Um, but the preventer and the rescue medications are always you know, given separately. Okay, we have to take a quick break. I'm here with our trusted contributor, Nayan Patel from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking about asthma and COPD, but he will take your calls about any question you have about the medications you have or conditions that can be helped by your pharmacist. The numbers before we go, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, pharmacist Nan Patel from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. The number is to call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We've been talking about asthma and COPD. We're also going to be touching on allergies. It's allergy season. And also, as he mentioned, the best thing you can do for these conditions is to quit smoking, and he's an expert on that. Uh, But first, Nayan Patel, what should people do in an emergency? So it's unfortunate if we see um, in this day and age uh, people having an emergency from asthma and COPD because it is very treatable, and if you're following all the steps that, uh, you know, you should be, we shouldn't see very much of this. But we do see sometimes if you're having um, some really extreme uh, symptoms, so you're struggling for breath, Um, If your blue rescue puffer is not working for you, if you have difficulty speaking and you can't finish a sentence, um, and you know, if you're pale, if your skin is pale and gray and you're sweating uh, or turning blue, those are signs that, you know, you do need to call 911. So uh, definitely if you can call it, call 911, go ahead or have someone call. 
and uh, you know, keep using your your rescue medications as you're supposed to, and make sure you're sitting up, and then you just you have to wait for for uh, medical assistance. But uh, those are important things to to remember. But um, you know, there's lots of things we can do to prevent uh, these from happening. So um, having a plan in place and talking to your pharmacist and your doctor um, and uh, can really avoid chances of you having this emergency occur. And some people probably, in when they when they are having difficulty, they take the rescue inhaler. They take more of it than they should. Is is that going to do any good or bad? Um, now, what we're saying is that uh, you know you might need to take more than you normally do uh, during that situation. It won't it won't harm you. But the fear we have a lot of times is that people uh, use a rescue medicine more than they're supposed to, but they're not seeking help. Um, so it's an emergency, but they're relying on that rescue medication and they're waiting too long to call 911. And that's where we see people getting into, into more and more trouble. Okay, let's take a call from Stan in Newmarket. Hello, Stan. No, oh, hi. Uh, I'd like to talk about vitamins. My, my wife was taking Vitamin by Jameson. Okay, yes. And they pulled them all and replaced it by something called Jameson Multi. Okay. And I, these are uh, also for the adults, 50 plus. Right. And now, you know, she's been taking it for years, and now she's getting some uh, irritation in her eyes. She feels it could be a side effect of the new one. And when we called the company, they said that the uh, reason they were changing it is because, I didn't say they didn't meet, meet standards, but they said the new one meets the uh, the Health Canada standards, I think, or something. What? So with the um, Yeah, vitamin companies do that the, quite uh, often. Vitamins. Uh, vitamin companies will change their formulations uh, from time to time based on uh, new research that shows maybe uh, certain vitamins are better for us now. And so you see that quite a bit. Now, they shouldn't have changed it very significantly. Um, the number of vitamins and the amounts are, are relatively consistent. But if, if your wife is having some difficulty with it, you know, I would just say um, switch brands or stop it for a little while and see if uh, her symptoms improve. And uh, one way to really find out if, if it is the medication is what we call a rechallenge. And if it's not something really severe, you know, once the symptoms improve and she starts that vitamin again and the, that uh, eye irritation comes back, then, you know, it's safe, safe to say it's probably that vitamin. Um, and, uh, you know, there's always, there's lots out there, so you can switch and try something, something different. I see. But they can't, you can't go to Health Canada and say, well, was this changed for certain reasons and find out... Uh if you do go to the Health Canada website, they actually do um, uh, alert Canadians of uh, recalls and, um, and you can report something to Health Canada because, you know, who knows, there may be other people out there who have had the similar um, uh, side effect from that vitamin and it's important for us to report it so that uh -huh. it, it, all that information gets collected. But, okay. um, but yeah, you can report it and there's lots of information on the Health Canada website. Great. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Okay. Uh, I've heard of uh, people being irritated uh, not by the stuff in a medicine or a vitamin, but by the binder in it. And is it possible that that is what was changed? That's very possible. There's so many things besides the actual vitamins. So there's lubricants, there's binders, there's colors and dyes. So um, there's lactose. And so sometimes people are very sensitive to lactose and they can't take a tablet that would contain a lot of it. So th that's possible. And so... Uh, you know, ch switching a brand or finding something that's lactose-free or a dye-free is definitely uh, an option that you should consider if you're having an issue. And is all of that stuff listed on the label? 
Yeah, Jame- actually, Jameson is pretty good, but most of these vitamin companies are pretty good at listing all those ingredients. So it's becoming more commonplace to see that on the labels than, than not. Okay. Uh, the numbers once again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we are in allergy season. Is this a bad one? I think it's probably average, and I'm, uh, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm a good case, I guess, because I suffer from allergies, and this is the, the worst time of the year for me. Um, but I'm finding that uh, it's probably an average season. We, uh, we had a little bit of dry weather, and that probably made it a little bit worse. But, um, but there's lots of things that you can do to, uh, to treat your allergies, and antihistamines seem to be the, the mainstay of, of treatment for them. And, um, and if, uh, if your regular antihistamines aren't working, the ones that you can buy over the counter, then obviously you can see your pharmacist and they can recommend something uh, a little bit stronger. Um, one thing that has, uh, might be new that a lot of people aren't familiar with is now there is a, a corticosteroid inhaler that you can get, a nose spray. And uh, that can really relieve symptoms of um, runny nose and, and a lot of stuffiness in your nose. And as long as you use that, for, if you use it for about five days in a row, that's where you notice the maximum benefit from that. And uh, now you don't need a prescription to buy one of those. There is one available over the counter. And is that something you take continuously? Because I remember uh, with nasal sprays, there were certain of them that I was told, like, you can only use it for a little bit. Otherwise, it, you might get addicted to Ultravin, I think it was, Ultravin, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you get something called rebound congestion, and that happens with uh, uh, the products like Ultravin and Dristan. So you can only use them for about three days. Otherwise, you get, do get that rebound congestion. So, um, but there, there are some that you can use more regularly. So you just have to ask the pharmacist, is, is this one of those that, I can, that has a limit on how many days I can use it? Um, and then... With these uh, inhaled uh, nasal sprays that are that are of the steroid type, um, you know you might have to use it for a month or so, just while you're exposed, whatever you're allergic to. While you're exposed to that, you might have to use it. But then after that, you know you can you can stop. Okay, we're going to go to the phones. We've got Bob in Simcoe. Hi, Bob. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Do you have a question? Oh uh, yes, I'm just. Uh, my doctor recommends I take Servant. It's like a dust yeah, twice it's, a day, and I'm one of those patients that I take it once a day. Mm-hmm. I feel good about it. I'm just wondering about the side effects or the good pros and cons of Cervent. So Cervent is uh, one of those, um, it's one of those preventer um, inhalers, and um, it comes in a powder form. So you, in, you inhale that powder, and then it goes into your lungs and uh, keeps those airways open longer. So, um, you know, with any medication, there's always chance of side effects. So you have to weigh the risks and the benefits whenever you take anything. And, um, and I think that uh, when we look at your breathing, um, you know, it's something that really aff- can affect your, your life to a great extent. So um, as long as it's, it's, doing, it's relieving your symptoms... Um, I think that it's something that you might want to consider continuing on. Um, and if you are having side effects, um, then, you know, you, you talk to their doctor about that. But if you, um, long term, I, uh, I don't think there's anything uh, that I've noticed uh, long term with CeraVen. It's been around for quite some time now. Well, that's good. I've been on it for a number of years, and I'm 83, so I'll just continue with what I'm doing. That's great. Are you, are you noticing any side effects to yourself? No, no, okay. no, no. I just heard your program and I was curious. Okay, good okay. question. Thanks for your yeah. call. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jerry in Cambridge, hello. 
Hello there. Hi. I have a question for you. Um, I have a sinus problem that when I go from one temperature to another temperature, I went from hot to cold or cold to hot, my nose runs like a tap until more or less my body climatizes to the temperature I'm around. Is there anything that I can use to alleviate that or control that? So um, it depends on how bothersome it is to you. So uh, in a lot of cases, you know, uh, you just use Kleenex and then, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's something that's going to um, uh, go away once you, once temp- you get used to that temperature. So that, that's, a, that's the short answer and, it, it, you know, it's not very scientific. But, um, but if you wanted to uh, use something and it was really bothersome for you, then um, what you could do is you could use one of those, um, those uh, the Dristan or the Ultravin. Um, you know, as long as it's okay for you to do, you don't have any medical conditions. If you had diabetes or high blood pressure, we no. want to be a little bit more careful. But, um, but for sure. And then, you know, if it was planned, so if you knew that the temperature was going to change, then, you know, you could be prepared. Um, so it's just like if I go from one room into another, if I'm in, a, if I'm in the house and I, and I go outside and back and forth, then it, it, it's just... It's just like somebody just turned the faucet on in the kitchen sink, yeah. and until until it it, it climatizes itself, and it's it, been going on for a long time because I I had a chronic uh, sinus infection on my right side sinus, and this this was a side effect from that uh, uh, infection. Okay, so yeah, if if you um, if you. The thing is, if you wanted to use a Dristan or Ultravin, you know, the, the limit is three days. So it wouldn't be something you use every day. Um, but there is a, um, potentially there's a, a steroid nasal spray that you could use, and, and some people do have to use it uh, every day because of they have some kind of uh, sinus um, uh, abnormality. And, uh, and so, you know, the other option is, is going to see uh, ear, nose, and throat specialists and see if they could, you know, diagnose and, and find, a, find a problem that you might have. Last time I saw one of those there, he almost blew my nose off. <laughs> he, he was flushing my sinuses, and he used that flesh tone uh, uh, rubber, and mm-hmm. uh, it expanded where the needle was and exploded. And uh, I'm looking down at the thing there. He had to get a mirror to show me he didn't blow my nose off. Oh, no. oh, oh dear. Well, yeah. You take your finger, and you hold it at the end of your nose and look down. You can't tell where your finger is and your nose in. <laughs> oh, dear. That does not sound good. <laughs> no, no, it was uh, rather a harrowing experience. <laughs> so I guess you don't want to do that again. No, it hurts. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, there's, there's, there's a couple of options, but there's some that are, are not as invasive. And, and um, uh, a, ster- a steroid nasal spray, you can give it a trial and, and see how that works. And, uh, and your family doctor could prescribe one for you. Okay, thank you very much. All right, you're welcome. I greatly appreciate that. Okay, thank you. Um, so you're talking about those. I tried one of those. It was a prescription one last year, and I, you know, they said it's going to work after a few days. It didn't work after a few weeks. So after finding out that that didn't work, um, is it worth trying the one that's over the counter, or is it, you know, the same thing with less strength? 
it's probably the same thing. So uh, this is just we've just discovered that now it's uh, it's it's relatively safe for people to try and uh, use it on their own without seeing the doctor. So that's why it's become over the counter. But uh, but generally speaking, they're they're all relatively the same. The ones that you the steroid nasal sprays that you can get over the counter. Uh, sorry, by prescription. And if it didn't work last year, is there a chance it might work this year? <laughs> So uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, but what sometimes I like to try is a combination of things. So uh, if you have an allergy, then you know sometimes you have to use an antihistamine. You might have to use one with a sinus medicine in it. You might have to use a nose spray. And, uh, and if you're like me, I also have to use some eye drops as well. So, um, so there's a couple of things that you can do. Uh, the other thing is a lot of people recommend is a sinus rinse. And uh, there's, you can buy a kit in your, in your pharmacy yeah. and you could try and flush. And sometimes those allergies get, allergens get trapped in your sinuses and that's what causes uh, some of those allergy symptoms. So it's a good idea to clean those uh, allergens out. I, I know. I, I, I don't like the prospect of that. I, I tried the, the all-in-one, the easy kind, and mm-hmm. that didn't work. And I was told to, you know, do the neti pot, I think it's the called. The neti pot, Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's interesting. It's funny that you mentioned eye drops because um, it's a little better now. But at the beginning of the season, what I was finding is, so I take an antihistamine and one side would be fine. And then I just like a, a continuous drip from one of the other eye. So that, that, that happens to me as well. So sometimes it, um, it just means uh, um, that uh, you might need a drop in one eye, but it might change the, uh, the next day. So. Okay, let's take one final call. Uh, we only have about a minute left. Alan Mississauga, hello. Hi, Liv. How are you doing today? Fine. How are you? Good, good. Now, I just want to <clears throat> uh, let you know that uh, I have allergies 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my doctor put me on this Omaris, O-M-N-A-R-S. Omaris, yep. Yeah, and it seems to work. And it seems to work very well. All I do is take two sprays and these nacho once a day. Okay, good. And um, and what are you allergic to? Everything: dust, <laughs> okay. pollen, grass, dog hair, cat hair, you name it. So yeah, so that's uh, difficult to avoid everything. <laughs> yes, so. it is. But uh, dust is the number one, eh? Uh, uh, allergy. And how, I mean, how do you get rid of dust? A lot of it's cleaning, but even then it's hard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to let the people out there know this old marriage, uh, it's, it works great. But uh, is this a long, uh, prolonged thing that I would have to take all the time? Well, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, unless you can get rid of what you're allergic to, then um, if, once you can eliminate that, then you might be fine. But it's, uh, if it's those, that many things, it's very difficult. And that's a steroid too, right? That is. That's a, a nasal spray. That's a corticosteroid. So you shouldn't take that forever, then. Well, um, you know, you have to again. You have to weigh the risks and the benefits. If you uh, if you can't can't stop it, and if you can live with the symptoms, then you can stop it. If you can't, then you're going to have to keep using it. Okay. Oh, okay. I just want I just want to let you know how this old marriage really helps me. Al, thanks. Uh, uh, thanks for your call. Uh, we're out of time, I'm afraid. Thanks for your call. And uh, Nan Patel, Ontario pharmacist from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, our trusted contributor. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me here. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.